Well, welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. So if you're a first time guest today, this is our annual relationship series. We've been doing this for about a little over 10 years. Yeah. My name is Miriam, this is Anthony, and we're the senior pastors here at Church Alive, and we love, love this house for numerous reasons, but one of the things I love about this house is that we also have a culture of joy here. That's right. And so during this series, if you're a first-time guest and you're used to church being a little bit more on the really quiet and just sad and you're like hating your life because you're just feeling guilty <laughs> and shameful, I just want to let you know, just sit back, relax. You yeah. know, the house of God should be a house of not just prayer and worship, but of joy. That's right. Jesus is not in the grave anymore. He's alive. So we can live yep. victoriously. Come on, give and, that um, a hand. Amen. And so just so you know a little bit about us, uh, we tomorrow celebrating 19 years of our first date. First date? Yes. The Almost best, 16 years of marriage. The best question he ever asked is, you want to go on a date with me? And I say, yes, I do. <laughs> but I had it to did ask take you a, twice. Yes, and it took a year and a half. A year and a half early, she shot me down. Say yes. yeah, then I, she repented. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but it did take a year and a half for me to say yes. But look, here we are, 19 yeah. years later. And so we've been married for 16 years this June. We have three perfect kids. Not even joking. They're perfect. No, just kidding. Yeah. But they are pretty perfect to us. They are 11, 8, yeah. and 4, and they're amazing. And, and honestly, the prayer and the hope for this series is that you would get something practical but yeah. powerful yeah. to empower you so that you can continue breaking through in your relationships. And, and I do want to set this tone for a moment. If you're young in here or if you're not married or dating anyone you're like oh why did i waste my time coming to this week yeah. look we are all in a relationship every single one of us if you're young yeah. you're in a relationship with your parents and i'm sure you can get a better relationship with your parents i think especially as teenagers that's something that we all want is just understand me mom and dad and mom yeah. and dad you want them to understand why you are putting things in place for their protection and for them right and so all of us are in a relationship and so we've been either doing them well or, or wrong since we're little and so classmates co-workers teammates if you're a leader in this church there's relationships that you build with people on your team yeah. and so we're all in a relationship so take that mindset off right now well i'm not married or i'm not dating so this isn't for me it's for everyone That's and perhaps right. one day you will be married Married. Perhaps one day you will be in a relationship, and so it's better to be on the offensive side so you know how to do things well than have to then deal with issues later on because it's broken. Yeah. So that's a little bit of our heartbeat here. So good, love. Um, you just heard a song, obviously, by John Legend, and if I could sing as well as Ishmael, I think you'd love me more. Um, uh, I promise you. It's um, impossible. I love you so much, you know. <laughs> well, some nights might get a little more romantic if I could sing like that. But anyway... Um, some girl's going to walk up to Ishmael and... Anyway. <clears throat> but it's a beautiful song and, and one of the lines of the song, which is so good, he says, I swear on everything I pray to that I won't break your heart. And, and I would love that to be your story. I'd love that to be our story. But too often, I would say we actually take the theology, 
the philosophy or the expectations of a romantic love song or country song and sometimes you hear them. You ever been in the car, you're hearing this huge song, you're like, oh my goodness, like those people are so in love and then later you hear they got divorced like six weeks later and uh, so sometimes the song is not the reality obviously of the situation and so he has some really good lines in the song but he also says this that I think need some tweaking and need some explaining. He says, I won't ever try to change you and I think that you should embrace that. Don't be changing people. However, be learning with each other, grow with each other. However, here's what he says though. He says, I will always want the same you, same you. And the truth of the matter is that we're not quite the same person we were you know, years ago, yeah. 15, 16 years ago when we got married, we yeah. actually change, we grow, you get older. Sometimes your financial situation changes. Sometimes yeah. your personality will even change a bit. Sometimes because of harder things that you've gone through in life, like things just yeah. get, get in essence on people. Um, and, and we don't want change, but change is inevitable. Yeah. Like even if you don't want change, you're one of those people, I hate change. Change is happening. Like how many know you're getting older? Like you're getting more gray hair. I was talking to someone the other day. They're like, I can't wait till I get gray hair. And then when you get gray hair, you're like, oh, I wish I could go backwards. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes what made you often fall in love with someone or you're attracted to that person for whatever reason, like if he is super organized lady, uh, ladies and you're like, oh my gosh, she's so organized. Then lady, like he has OCD. <laughs> um, sometimes I've, I've heard someone say this, oh my gosh, so laid back. So laid back, like nothing worries him. Later, it's like nothing worries him. Like he doesn't so pay lazy. his bills on time, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't show up to work on time. Nothing worries him. And, and how we know there's a balance with, with that. Yeah. I feel like even as ladies, sometimes the things that we find so like, oh, so beautiful, like, such a hard worker. And then two years into your marriage, like he's always at work. He's never home, right? Or, yeah. or like I remember when the first time that I decided like, oh, maybe Anthony is cute. was like a year after he first asked me out. He walked into maybe. the cafeteria. I even got a maybe there. Babe, maybe he's babe, cute. Babe, babe. Maybe. Babe. He could be. Babe, we dealt, I just work on him a we, little bit. <laughs> we dealt with this 19 years ago. Okay, he walks into the cafeteria with his ice cream and he had like, his biceps were just huge. And I was like, oh my gosh. But fast forward later in marriage, I'm like, he's at the gym every day. Like seriously, <laughs> so obsessed. He's at the gym every single day, you know? And, and I've even heard women say like when they're dating, like, oh, he's so cute. He doesn't know how to cook or clean. I can't wait to serve him all the days of my life. <laughs> and then they get married and they're like, I'm their Slave. He doesn't cook. He doesn't yeah. clean. What the heck? And, and so the things that are attractive and initially oftentimes are the things that get under our skin a little bit later on. So and true. listen, if you're dating right now, you're year in, six months, two years, you're like, oh, it's never going to bother me. We'll talk later. All right? We'll talk later. <laughs> I actually remember doing premarital counseling one time and the, the, the person was so convinced they were just the most amazing communicators. And I just remember in the back of my head going, yeah. You'll see. Yeah. <laughs> and sure enough, a year after they got married, they're yeah, they like, learned. they don't understand the words coming out of my mouth. We're like, yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, our kids right now are in that beautiful stage, 11, 8, and 4. And sometimes Miriam say to each other, gosh, we want to bottle up. Have you ever said this as a parent? Like, you want to bottle them at certain stages. You want to bottle them when they're 2. You want to bottle them when they're 4. And, and there's one of them you want to just stay the same. 
which would be weird if they're 27 and they're still the same height, they speak the same. But one of my kids, uh, she, she doesn't enunciate, obviously, all her words at four yet. And uh, Miriam and I, oh, there's going to be this sad day when she's actually going to talk properly, which is totally selfish as a parent because do you really want them at 24 and they can't even communicate? Like, oh, that's precious. Um, but what am I, why am I using that illustration? I'm using that illustration because we, we like change, but we don't like change. Yeah. But all of us in relationships are actually going to change. And so let me just give you this kind of picture for a moment. Boy meets girl and they're attracted to one another and then they fall in like and then they fall in love. And, you know, time goes on and and it doesn't matter if it's three months, three years. It doesn't matter. There will be, uh, in every relationship, there will be arguments. There'll be disagreements. There'll be disappointments. There'll be um, just stuff that doesn't seem to match up. And then that's when you run into this, this problem but how does the couple move back to the land of bliss? That's really what we want to hit today. Yeah, it's funny. There's, there's two types of conflict. There's conflict that you resolve, and then there's perpetual conflict. And there's married couples that have resolved conflict, but there's also happily married couples that have perpetual conflict, conflict that they never were able to really get over, but they're still happy. They're able to put it aside, move yeah. forward. And so there's going to be conversations that you need to have to take you back into a place where things are moving forward, you have joy in your marriage, joy in your relationships. Obviously, we know the simple things, right? Compromise. All right? We all know that. We've heard that five million times, right? Saying sorry. Or maybe you haven't heard it before, and this is your first time, but yeah. saying sorry, huge deal. Having conversations. But because we know that conflict won't just happen once, and if it's not dealt with properly, then what happens is what you see in a lot of couples who eventually say, oh, we fell out of love. You hear that all the time. Like, yeah. oh, why'd you guys, get- oh, we fell out of love like mm, okay so you were turning away from each other instead of learning to turn towards each other right? right and so what happens is you say oh we grew apart or um you know basically we fell out of love but if conflict is inevitable for happy couples or unhappy couples why do some stick it out and why do some call it quits? Now think about that for a second, right? So if conflict happens in all of us, yeah. in, in families, so like I would say I love our family, I love our family dynamic, we have a great relationship with our kids, maybe because they're not teenagers yet, maybe we'll talk to you in a couple of years, but I would say that we have a healthy dynamic because we're intentional about it, but we still have conflict, yeah. you know? And so what's the difference between conflict that makes people still stick it out and those that make it, um, you know, that don't make it, they call it quits. And so through the years of us meeting with different couples, even through our own marriage, we've learned that there is an actual door to walk through uh, for relational harmony. And it's not a door that you're going to hear a lot in marriage talks. It's not a door, you know, you often hear about better communication. You hear about having financial, you know, freedom, because obviously a lot of your fights are about either finance or sex. Oh, can I also say in the relationship series, we will talk about sex. And if people are going to be like, oh, I can't believe in church they talk about sex where else are you going to hear it the right way do you want you know you can't get it from songs and secular you can't listen to it on tv because the way movies songs and our culture paints it is not the way god designed it okay and so you have to hear it from the house of god so don't get uncomfortable don't like send a google review i can't believe they talked about sex in church like it's the place for us to do it god designed it God protects it. God enforces it in the context of marriage. That'll preach. 
in the context yeah. of marriage, okay? Yeah. And very so good. it's very important to know we're going to actually unpack all these things, better communication, sex, singleness, all that good stuff, family. But we've found this one truth, and we've been teaching relationship series for years, and the moment you're in a conflict, all your tips, all you've learned can fly out that door. Yeah. Like, this oh, yeah, I should have listened better. But no, like, there has to be a foundation that needs to sit in you first and foremost. And it's not a word that we like to use because I think we have the wrong perception of it. And that door is called humility. Humility. You won't see it in marriage advice books. It's so funny. In the last service, we had a marriage expert, actually. I always get a little intimidated when they're here. And you're like, oh my gosh, you know so much more than me. And then she's, this person's a therapist. She came up to me. She's like, do you know what's interesting? My husband says to me, you're a therapist. And how come we still argue like this? And, and she was painting a picture. She's like, I never thought of it. Even when I'm counseling couples, that humility needs to be at the baseline. It has to be the foundation. Yeah. Yeah, I have so to good. value yeah. their opinion opinion as much as I want them to value mine. If we can just see that we all have a 10 on our heads, we're all worth it, we're all valuable, then we can live humbly, we can argue argue in a healthy way, we can have healthy conflict. So humility is a path that has to be walked out for relational breakthrough. And some of you in here, you might have a stronger type of personality, right? A little bit more of a direct, and some of you might look at it as like, I'm just more confident. And you, you might look at this word and think, oh no, like that's for the weak, that's old fashioned, that's lame. And and you may want to right now disconnect because you're like, no, 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 no. Uh -uh. I know what I believe. I know I'm right. I know when the person's wrong. And you immediately think you're better because you think you know things. Well, that's being in pride. But also if you're shy in here and you avoid conflict, you're not much of a um, maybe opinionated person and maybe you're not strong-willed, don't also disconnect because Just because you're not an argumentative type doesn't mean you don't struggle with pride on the inside and what you might be thinking in that moment. So we can all grow with humility. Yeah, so... I want to unpack humility a little little bit for us. Uh, And there's going to be a couple of points on the screen. And there'll be too many points that you won't be able to write them all down. But here's what humility is not. Humility is not weakness. It's not cowardice. It's not shrinking back. It, it has nothing to do with your IQ. So good. Yeah. You know, uh, if, if you think you're smart, sometimes the very fact that you're smart is actually a hindrance to you yeah. being a learner. Yeah, so um, true. It's not giving in all the time. It's not always biting your tongue. It's not devaluing yourself. It's not for the insecure, actually. Because Jesus was the ultimate servant, yes. but he steps out of heaven into earth and then was able to do the lowest task, which was wash feet. And so it's actually humility yes. is actually be willing to do the lowest thing sometimes. And I think the door of humility is quite short, which means you kind of have to bow down to walk through that door. Oh, that's good. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's, it's not thinking less of yourself. But here's what humility is. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking actually of yourself less. So you're thinking about the person more. You're thinking, how can I meet their need more? You're thinking yeah. about, how can I bless them? How, who can I encourage today? Who can I speak well of today? It leans into the wise. How many know there's books out there that you probably should read? Yeah. And if you're not a reader, you hate reading, maybe there's some podcasts out there you should listen to or some YouTube stuff. If you want to check out our our Church Alive website, churchalive.tv, click on the resource tab. I'm a huge believer and we're both huge believers. and, And I just think every person that I know that does relationships well, they actually lean into other people's voices. 
everyone I know. Most people that I know do relationships badly. They lean into the wrong voices. They really do. Um, it's teachable. It recognizes you don't have all the answers. Um, here's the, it, this is vital. Um, it recognizes you are important. Someone say, I'm important. I'm important. Come on, say, I'm important. I'm important. But not more important than someone else. Because yeah. sometimes in argument, don't you think, feel like your opinion's more important? Yeah. I know I do. I know I do. <laughs> and that's the problem. Then we have yeah. to walk through the doorway of humility. Yeah. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12 says, Before a downfall, the heart is what? It's, it's haughty. It's mm-hmm. prideful. But humility, we all want honor. But watch this now. But humility comes before honor. That's right. Yeah. The reward of humility is honor. Yeah. And I think guys for a moment, and I'm not trying to overgeneralize or whatever, but um, so often when you think of the word humility as a man, you can feel like, well, is that just me being weak? And we just, you know, we already unpacked that it's not, but we all, men and women, we want honor. And I think especially for men, respect, and we'll we'll unpack that in a few more minutes, respect is so important. Being honored is so important. And for us women too, we want honor, we want respect, but for us we want more of that love, affection, that understanding. And so the reward of humility is honor. That's huge. That's like a a huge, huge, huge thing there. And 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5, it says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud yeah. but shows favor to the so humble. So it says it literally it is a clothing. Yeah, wow. Which means good. you put it on. Mm-hmm. It's not a quote on Instagram that you like. Wow. Like, oh, I like that quote on humility. No, it's a path yeah. you actually have to walk. It's something you put on. Mm. Like if, if you've ever humbled yourself and said sorry to someone, haven't you noticed that you had to put on something? Mm. called, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and you had to humble yourself in that moment. But how many know you didn't want to do that? Yeah. Right? Because the flesh loves pride. Yeah. yeah. You know what I think? This is totally off notes, but I feel like we talk so much about how hard it is to say sorry. I wonder if we switch our mindset and say it's actually easy to say sorry. That's right. What if instead we, of embracing what culture says, oh, it's so hard to say sorry, it's such a hard task. Actually, yeah. no, it's easy. Great. Just Excellent. say it's easy. You know yeah. what? Made a mistake. I'm sorry. I'm a loser sometimes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I think if we could yeah. just embrace that truth, like, forget that it can be hard. Yeah, it feels hard. But you know what? Start declaring, no, I could say sorry. That's I right. am sorry. Yeah. Sorry is not hard. Sorry is part of who I am. Yeah. If I make a mistake, I'm sorry. Forgiveness, yeah. it's so important. And I yeah. think so often we kind of hide ourselves in what we've always thought something is that we just enable ourselves to not get out of that little cage we put ourselves in like if your family was not big on saying sorry sometimes what you'll actually take on is my family never says sorry but does that mean you never say sorry come on because how many know that that wreaked probably disaster in your family yeah and if you have to if you want a different life you got to change and you got to think different yeah and you got to speak different Mm. and 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 that's uncomfortable sometimes that's true humility the reward of humility is favor yes the reward of humility is actually favor Humility strengthens relationships where pride actually breaks relationships. The reward of humility is protection. It is the pathway where you and I get honor. It is the pathway where you and I get favor. Mm -hmm. It is the pathway of protection. Why? Because no one wants God to resist them. How many of you would rather the blessing of God on your life rather than him resist you? Guess what pathway that is? Humility. <laughs> yeah. 
And I even think, you know, we're going to unpack a little bit more, basically our first point of the relationship series. But before we did that, we really wanted to talk about humility. And so let that sit, literally, let that sit in you, on you, write about it. You know, guys, if you're not much of writers, or maybe you are, awesome if you are. But like, where can you grow in humility? You have to ask yourselves those questions. Yeah. You know, in your friendships, are you the one who does all the talking? If your friend has an opinion, you shoot him down? Or do you stonewall yeah. people when you don't like what they say? Like, are you argumentative? Like, do you ignore it? Or even though you maybe are not opinionated, do you just kind of turn off or shut down as soon as you don't yeah. agree with something? And so it's important to discover and, and, and really evaluate, examine, what, am I, humili- am I humble? Yeah. Do I walk humbly? And what would my spouse say that I'm humble? And, and half of the times I probably would say I could definitely work on it some more. And so we can all work on it some more. The more we turn to Jesus, the more we can become more humble. And so I think that's important even before we unpack the rest to let that sit on you for yeah, a moment so and good. think that through. So good. Yeah. What does humility look like for a man? I was having a chat with someone recently um, and we were chatting about values and relationships and so forth. And he said to me, man, um, I really really value uh, communication. Say to I really value communication. And I had to have this chat to him. Just because you value it doesn't mean you're there yet. So because I value humility, it doesn't even mean I'm humble yet. It's like an organization. How many of you work for a company, right? In the company, there are values. Just because the values are on the wall, that doesn't mean that is demonstrated in the company. What the, what the, the business leaders have to do is continually bring the all employees of that organization to back to the core values and go, guys, these are our core values. You're outside of that. So here's my thought and here's my my takeaway for this. Just because you value communication and humility, because humility wants to listen, you've got to keep working on it and assume you're worse than you are. It's a, f- a funny thing. Like we often joke how men don't like taking directions. Any anybody can you know relate to that. Okay, wives, anybody think their husbands can do better at taking directions? Actually, don't raise your hand or else your husband's going to be upset. <laughs> so don't raise your hand. But we were just at a, like in a, a, a little getaway with some friends. And uh, I was hanging out with one of the girls and she was having a problem with some of her gear. And it was taking forever uh, for her to be able to use her gear. And, and she was with her significant other. And I'm like, well, why don't you ask the instructor to fix it? And the significant the guy was like, no, I'll fix it. But it was like an hour and a half of trying to fix this thing. And so when the guy walked away to go to like the cafe or something I said let's ask the instructor the guy fixed it in three seconds and then off they went snowboarding you know (laughs) and so so often that's a little bit of pride sometimes or sometimes it's just not wanting to walk in humility hi guys over here (laughs) you might have been at the front of church (laughs) yeah maybe it might be our newlyweds in the front but but it was hilarious because it was an hour and a half he was all frustrated I'm like Mags just ask the instructor (laughs) And he's like, no, I got this. And I was like, soon as he went into the store, I'm like, Carol, come on, let's ask the instructor. Fixed it, three seconds. We were falling down the hill the entire time. It was great. So ask questions. (laughs) Someone say, help me listen better. Come on, someone say, help me listen better. Because here is often our assumption, and and I just want to, I don't want to beat this point, but I just want to talk about it again. Our assumption is that for some reason, you'll be amazing at communicating. But you probably didn't grow up in a home that was amazing. And then think about your communication at high school. Like how much of that was building, helpful, problem solving? (laughs) 
More like gossip. No, they go to college. None of that was there. And so then we jump into relationships and again, assume. And you know what assuming does? Assuming. (laughs) Aussie for assuming. Yeah, you know what assuming does? And so, again, humility just says, man, I need to learn. And one of the greatest blessings in my life wasn't the fact that I grew up in a fairly dysfunctional home, but it was the fact that I grew up in a dysfunctional home. Because I grew up in a dysfunctional home, I saw the pain of the home. At 18, I literally saw a men's book on the shelf that my mother had, and I started reading the men's book, and it started actually talking about how you're going to run your family and your life. Now, most 18-year-olds don't read that book, but I read it because of the pain of my family. And so I decided that I needed something different. And so often, listen, just assume that you're a worse communicator than you are, or you'll have to go through the pain and learn that you are, and then in 10 years and in five years or however long, you'll finally go, okay, Dr. Phil, what, what should you teach me? <laughs> Yeah. And as for women, it's funny, most of my friends are women. And so we, we talk a lot, as you saw the video of Anthony saying, girls just talk and talk and talk, you know, but anyway, um, what does humility look like for a woman? I think we need to do better at recognizing that although we're right a lot, we can be wrong. I mean, 99.999% we're always right, but, and here's the truth. Here's the truth, guys. Generally, women are better relationally than men. Yes. That's just a fact. It's true. Um, and so that's not sexist. It's you know, reality. Some, right. It's just a fact. But like, obviously not all cases. There's no, some, no. Some... And I'm, I'm, you have to generalize. I'm sure. talking to men and women. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. You know. But generally speaking, <laughs> we do have to understand ladies. Yeah. There, are t- there have been times in our marriage where he was right. And I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I saw no, that one. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's true. No, all joking aside, a lot of times us women, we, we're really good at arguing. Like we're, we have PhDs in arguing. We know how to defend our point. We know how to just go, 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 nag, 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 nag. And so what like happens- a very good communicator. Which is hard for me, <laughs> which literally means that I don't win so relationships. So I normally wars. come into our conversations with three points and verses attached to it. You know what I mean? No, I'm just no I need to come ready. Yeah. <laughs> but what happens is as women sometimes, because we value different things than what men value, we think what we value is more important than what they value. Yeah. So what happens is men are designed by God to naturally crave sex more than women do in marriage, right? That is a healthy place, right? So before marriage, that's obviously that temptation is there, but healthy boundaries in marriage, right? And so women, we're not wired that way. And so when he's like, well, I want sex, and we're like, well, I want you to listen, we think we have more valuable points than they do, but they have value in what they're saying because God's wired them differently than us. And just because we think ours is more important doesn't mean we're right. And so we have to be able to humble ourselves to say, okay, I'm feeling this way, but maybe he's feeling a certain way too. He just demonstrates it differently. He just expresses it differently. It doesn't mean he's right or wrong. It doesn't mean mine is more important or his is less important. It just means we're different and we have to humble ourselves so that we can just not just listen to reply listen to understand so good you know yeah very good 
So a great indicator, and, and we've been hitting this already, but a great indicator in our relationships that tells us we're walking in humility is our desire to listen well. And I say desire because ability is a different thing because if you have the desire, you can get there. Yeah, because desire right. says, I'm humble enough to want to grow. Yeah. Okay, so if you don't have a desire to want to grow, then unfortunately, you're going to stay stuck. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're going to hit the same wall. You're going to yeah. be in a gridlock, right, in your marriage. And so we're not talking about whether we can hear. We're talking about whether we are listening with humility, listening to understand each other, not listening to defend our point, not listening to win an argument, yeah. but to connect with the other person's true needs. And, and if we're not trying to listen to understand our spouse, we wind up being defensive, yeah. critical, yeah. explosive. Others, mostly men, this is normally, not all, but a lot of their tendency then is to stonewall you, ignore you, get their phone while you're yelling. They're like, whatever, on yeah. you know, video games, whatever, and the girls will just go on Instagram or, or whatever you do, you know? And that's often what happens. You yeah. stonewall each other, you shut down. The girl could still be talking and you're thinking about like, I don't know, like, a beer and wings over there, you know what I'm saying? And so, so often that's what happens if you don't listen to understand, all these other things come up and then yeah. before you know it, you're going through lots of issues in your marriage. Ephesians chapter five, verse 33 says this, however, each one of you, someone say each of you, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. This is really See, what happens actually is if you don't listen to each other, you're actually not listening to God. If you're not listening to each other and each other's needs, you're actually not listening to God. And we've been reading a great book recently by this expert all across America. And he says, most couples spend so much energy trying to change one another instead of actually trying to serve one another. So many couples try and spend too much energy, way too much energy trying to change one another instead of actually going, man, how can I meet a need, right? And that's obviously the pathway of humility is actually going, man, how can I, how can I do that? You know, we know that in this room, so there'd be about 400 adults, right, in, in this room right now, plus those in overflow. We all have different personalities. We all communicate different. We all listen differently. But um, from Anthony's perspective, how would you feel the most respected or most heard when we're having an argument or when we're not seeing eye to eye on something? Yeah. How do you feel respected? So Miriam and I were chatting about this recently and we just said, okay, we rarely get anywhere if it all of a sudden gets a little tense in the kitchen. If you know what I mean? Like it, we don't, we don't uh, make a mesh there. It just doesn't happen. What is probably the best thing if I'm frustrated or she's frustrated, and this goes for, I would say, both of us, when we later sit down, when you've calmed down, when you've cooled down, when you're kind of like, okay, let's think a bit more rationally. Let's get out of our emotions. Let's get out of anger and anything else. And Usa. then, right, Woosa. Yeah. Bad boys. Can't remember that movie, but anyway, it's a good one. Um, and then we actually just sit and chat. And then if I give her time to say, why don't you tell me what you're frustrated about? And I'll just listen, which is hard sometimes because you want to defend yourself. No one's ever been there, but I have. <laughs> and then vice versa. And so it is a time where we literally sit and we say, hey, we need to chat about this. And recently, I would say this was one of our better discussions because it was about something uh, that you were really frustrated about. Which, um, which time? <laughs> who knows? Um, but I had stuff I wanted to talk about, 
but I said, today it's your day. I literally was like, today, and I've never done this in our marriage before, but I think it was actually a, a gold kind of moment. I said, today's your day. I'll talk about what I'm frustrated about later because all I need to do is I need to somehow hear you. Yeah, that was good. And I think that was a very effective conversation. It was. Because what happens if you're talking in the middle of an argument, what you wind up doing is the classic, you always or you never. And, yeah. and you start criticizing. Yeah. You start pointing fingers. Yeah. You start. It gets emotional and not very rational. Yeah. And so you have to be able to pause. Yeah. Say, we'll get back to this. Pause the remote. We'll get back to this. Calm down. Go see God. But God, where am I wrong here? God, help me understand. God, help me love him the way you love him, right? That's a challenging prayer. That is a lot. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, God, help me. And and sometimes you need those moments. Pastor Mike Murphy, he's one of our coaches. He literally grabs his wife's hand in the middle of an argument. He's like, we're taking this to prayer right now. And it diffuses almost 99% of their arguments. Uh, Recently, we actually had a, um, a pretty, it wasn't a, like a verbal argument, like, like physically right there, obviously never physically, but you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a loud fight in the middle of our kitchen. Um, but we actually like was massive tension. It was on Thanksgiving. We went to my sister's house for Thanksgiving as we do every year. And I was in charge of all the appetizers and bringing the good stuff. And so I wanted to make one of our appetizers there on the spot like it was this beautiful cheese board these huge beautiful i can't pronounce the word chuterie boards on pinterest follow it's amazing and so but it takes a while to make it and it costs quite a lot of money it's all these cheeses and fruits and and so i was really excited my family they are very much perfectionists so i love to do things with excellence to kind of just you know serve them as well you know so i was doing this board and anthony kept coming and grabbing cheese it's thanksgiving people it's Thanksgiving. I, like, get out of the kitchen. We meant it because I was frustrated. And so I didn't realize he actually got really aggravated. He felt really disrespected, you know? And so for the rest of the day, he's off. And now I'm trying to be all cute, dance with him in the kitchen. He's like, mm-hmm, you know? And he was not having it. And I'm like, oh, he's being so sensitive, you know? And I was like, gosh. And so then, like, other stuff happened through the night, and it just was awkward. Some of our friends were there, too, and they just felt like you can cut the tension in the room. It was just awkward. So the next day, like, we didn't even talk about it. We were listening to, you know, the day, uh, like, Thanksgiving is when they start putting Christmas music on, like, 106.7. You have Delilah, you know, Delilah. And so she's on, and I'm just like, I just want to hear it. We weren't even talking because we knew. If we started talking in that moment, it wasn't. It was just going to be emotional. So in the morning, I woke up, come downstairs, I grabbed my cup of coffee. He was already having his. I go and I sit in his lap. We're like, let's talk. We were both calm. We were both ready to hear. And I was like, look, I felt disrespected because I asked you three times not to touch the stupid cheese board and you kept doing it. He's like, I felt disrespected as a man because I'm hungry. I'm your husband. And you kicked me out of the kitchen. And I was like, all right. (laughs) And I'm like, all right. The, the, the perfectionist sometimes in me or the fighter in me wanted to be like, but you didn't hear me first, but I didn't. I was like, okay, how would I feel if that happened to me? So I had to put myself in his shoes, but I asked him, can you put yourself in mine? Can you see we both felt disrespected? Can you see that we both felt devalued? I said, okay, I'll value you, but also understand I asked you three times. You weren't listening to understand why. I, I was trying to make a pretty bored people. You know what I'm saying? But then the cool thing is we decided, okay, yes, we're sorry. Both said sorry, we cuddled it out, we're good, right? 
Fast forward a few weeks, it's Christmas Eve, I make another cheese board. Because I knew on Christmas Day, Esther was going to make the cheese board of all cheese boards. Esther, I know you're an overflow. I love you, boo-boo. And so, she, or Mark is in there, I saw that. But I knew because I learned from the last thing that happened on Thanksgiving, I made him a separate plate. I said, here's your mini cheese board. All right. That was points. I just want to let you know, that was points. And you know the best thing? Because I'm still hurt on the inside, I, actually, from Thanksgiving. I didn't have to kick him out of the kitchen. It was beautiful. Win, win. We both won. But that's the thing. Conflict happens. It's so funny yeah. when people say, you and Pastor Anthony have conflict? Oh, yes. You're always going to have conflict because we're different people trying to navigate the same life, the same journey. But we can have healthy conflict or we can have unhealthy conflict. But it's how you listen with humility that makes all the difference. Yeah. Hey, as we close today... I just want you to ask yourself this question. Can I embrace humility? Yeah. <laughs> it is the doorway to favor. It's the doorway to protection. It's the doorway to blessing actually in your life. It's the doorway to a new relationship with God. It's a doorway to a new relationship with people. So all across this place, why don't you close your eyes just for a moment. Those in the overflow, just close your eyes. No one moving around at this moment. Just pray a simple prayer. God, help me become more humble. As you're praying, just for a few moments, there are those of you today who are here for the very first time. You grew up Christian, Catholic, non-religious. I don't care what your moral or religious background is. I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about an authentic relationship with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you today, He's speaking to you. Are you listening? The most important voice in all of the world is for you and I to humble ourselves under that voice and say, God, you love me so much. You gave your son for me. You gave your best for me. So at this moment, I'm going to open the door of my heart. I'm going to hear your voice and I'm going to ask you to come in. And all across this place, we're going to ask people if you know you're far away, you slipped away, you ran away, you fell away. Man, you may have questions about God, but God is sure of you. He believes in you. He died for you. He wants you to turn to Him and trust in Him. So all across this place, in the overflow as well, why don't we pray this prayer out loud together. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I need you. I, need you. I humble myself. I receive you into my heart. I turn away from just a self-fulfilled life. And I ask for a God-fulfilled life. Change me. From this day on, I declare, be my Savior, be my Lord, be my very best friend. Eliza, close all across this place on the count of three. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you prayed that prayer with me. One, two, three. Quickly, all across this place. Hands going up all over the place. Come on, just for a moment. Right long enough, high enough for me to see it. That's great. That's awesome. Those in the middle and that in the back there and those in the back and those over there to the left. That's awesome today. That's awesome today. Those in the overflow, make sure you raise your hand. Raise it up real high. Long enough, high enough for people to respond. So good to see people responding to Christ. You can put your hand down. Father, I pray for every person. Every person in the name of Jesus. Bless them, I pray. In Jesus' name. Come on, a faithful church said.